Hi, and welcome to the Raven New Testament Church podcast. You are about to hear a powerful message. We hope that you are blessed and encouraged by this message today. Join us uh, uh, over the internet as well through YouTube. Uh, want to continue to remember our loved ones that are not able to join us, our our members, our church members, our brothers and sisters that are not able to join us due to the to the uh, continuing uh, virus epidemic. Um, we are still, I know uh, miles may separate us, but uh, through, through the love of Jesus, through the love of Christ, our hearts are always closed. You're always, y'all, y'all are in here with us regardless of whether you're physically here or not. So just, just know that and we will call out your names if you're not here. We thank y'all for, for tuning in. want to come to you tonight for any prayer requests that you might have tonight. I know it's been um, it's been a few days since we've been here and been able to call out to our Lord, but you can call out to Him every day. But uh, sometimes it's just encouragement when you're in a group of your peers. Any prayer requests you might have tonight, Brother Jimmy? Remember you in old Cadillac? I I will remember, brother. We we will call them out. Any others tonight, Brother Chris? Just remember, God don't do halfway jobs. He'll, he he he's gonna finish it out. So, but you gotta let let the doctors do what they're gonna do. So, any other prayer requests tonight? Touch the high power line. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Small world after you get something like that happens, isn't it? Yep. I want to pray God to put an end to uh, this riot situation. Make sure that uh, we have a peaceful end of that, Sister Renee. Very good. Sister Betty, lost children and grandchildren. That's correct. That's correct. We can't look past those either. I want you to uh, ask you to help me pray for one of my coworkers. Her her mother uh, had a stroke, and uh, <clears throat> just pray for that situation as well. Whenever you pray, any other prayer requests? The community. Yep. Yes, sir. Luke Haver. Okay. Yeah. Well, it don't matter what we think anyway, brother. It just God needs to know about it, ain't that right? He know he knows about it, but sometimes it does good when we call their names out. How about that? Yep. Yep. 
God can do it. God can do it. You have to be a willing vessel, though. You know, I don't. I really don't believe no one is too far gone. You know, because the word backs that up. You know, the word backs that up. No one is ever too far gone if they were just uh, just change their ways and and allow God to enter into their hearts. Any other prayer requests tonight? With no others, uh, unspoken requests by the raising of your hands. Let's stand and get a hold to God and invite him into the service tonight. situation was called out, Lord. I ask you to go to each and every one and work each and every situation out, Lord. Lord, we'll be so good, very careful to give you the praise, Lord. Lord, we love you. We thank you and we praise your holy name right now, Lord Jesus God. Thank you for, for taking care of us. Thank you for keeping a head of protection around our families, Lord. We thank you, Lord. We thank you for your son, Jesus. soon to come, Lord, we could leave tonight, Lord. But God, I appreciate you, and thank you for this opportunity, God. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So while you stand, we're going to, uh, I think Taptha's going to sing one from the old Redback Hymnal. So grab one of those books in front of you, and let's, uh, let's give it the old team effort tonight. Page 134, I'll have a new life. C chord. Me and Tony joke about our bodies and getting old and hearing bumping and knocking and creaking and cracking when we get up. <laughs> but thank God one day when we all get to heaven, we're not going to have to worry about that anymore. We're going to have a new body. On that resurrection morning when all the dead in Christ shall rise, I'll have a new body. Praise the Lord, I have a new life. So
Amen. You know, one day we will have a new body. Brother Chris, you won't have to worry about the more, uh, the more crutches you walk around with. And um, a lot of you got these old eyeglasses on. We won't, we won't need those old eyeglasses anymore, will we? We have a brand new body. It'll be a glorified body. You know, the word says flesh and blood shall not enter into the kingdom of heaven. You know, so I tell you right there, you're going to have that glorified body. You're going to have a perfect body. We're all going to be perfect beings. How about that? A perfect body. That'd be great, wouldn't it? Y'all will continue to worship with us. That brother brother uh, Kobe's going to come forth and sing for us tonight. takes to get a hope to the Lord you know he can hear your he'll hear your cry 
He'll hear your prayers no matter what. Sometimes people think that they just got to shout, shout to the Lord. Sometimes you may feel like doing that. Sometimes the situation is just so dire. The situation is just so great that you, that you just got to shout to the Lord. But he hears that small, still voice. And that's the way he'll answer you, too. You know, whenever you get the Lord down in your heart, whenever you're doing something that ain't just, just ain't quite right, there's a little small, still voice that, that'll keep you in check. You know, sometimes whenever you allow the devil to, to regain some, some ground in your life, you learn to kind of hush that little still voice. You kind of learn to uh, muffle it down a little bit. But, you know, thank the Lord that he's always right there. You know, he can be muffled. You can muffle him. But thank God that he's there for us. Thank God that he's there with us. Thank God that he hears even our, our faintest cry. He's heard my cry many times, and he's, he's came on the scene each and every time. He's never let me down. He's never forsaken me. And he's stuck it through me closer than a brother has. And that's the truth, you know. Uh, he sticks. He sticks closer to to you than than your best friend. He will. He'll be your best friend through any situation. So let's just remember that each and every situation. Just talk it over with God. Ask Him, Lord. You know. You know. I need your help. You know. Um, you know. I ask. I ask you to come on the scene for me. And I know He will. I know He will. I'm a victim of it. I know it'll happen. Y'all continue to worship with us. I think Sister, Sister Renee is going to sing one for us now. Sister Betty, always a good thing. Get these two ladies together. Y'all continue to work with them, worship with them. She said, you can do it. You know she can do it, don't you? <laughs> Let's make sure you match that button.
would want to leave his throne to don the robe of an earthly man, feel the pain of flesh, flesh and my husband's favorite song. Amen. He always sung the verses, so that's why we messed up. Amen. <laughs> no, that was beautiful right there. I think you've done a, a wonderful job on it. I think you've done a great job on it. Um, you know, ain't that so great right there? I mean, he said that, that we could still go free. Yes, yes. We, we actually are the ones that put him, put him on the cross. You know, our sins, he, he went and he died for our sins. We filled up that cup. We filled up that cup of sins. And, you know, uh, they convicted him of one thing. He was convicted of one thing, and that was love in the first degree. That's what he went to the cross for. You know, there's so much violence going on in today's world, so many, so many things, so many people getting sentenced for so many different crimes and so much hatred and so much... Uh, uh, negativity against children, against women, against against uh, other races and other colors. But our Lord and Savior, the Savior of the world, uh, went to the cross and lost his life. He he got the death penalty for love in the first degree. Now that ought that ought to make us all uh, think about it just a little bit. You know, I mean he he never he never thought twice about it. He never thought twice about it. You know he. He went straight on. He uh, carried that cross. He, he fell down a couple times. They was beating him as he went, but he he went through with the uh, with the master plan. And you was on his mind, and as part of that master plan, I was on his mind as part of that master plan. Thank God for what he did for us. Thank God for the blood that he shed for us, because his precious red blood washes us white as snow nowadays. So just keep the blood applied to your situations. Keep the blood applied to your children, your lives. 
apply it to every everything that you own, everything that you're involved with. I want you to continue to worship tonight, continue to, to praise God. I feel his presence in this service tonight. And again, each and every service, I come expecting a miracle. I come expecting a great outpouring of his spirit. I want you to you to uh, raise your hands and um and ask ask the Lord or not Brother Tony as it comes forth tonight to bring forth his message as what what he'd have it brought forth. Dear Heavenly Father, we ask you to touch Brother Tony right now, Lord God. Lord, preach him like a man from another world right now, Lord Jesus. Lord, we love you. We thank you. We praise your holy name right now, dear Lord. Lord, we thank you so much right now, dear Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Amen, amen. It's good to be in God's house. Amen. Tonight, glad you're here. And uh, just uh, thank all the uh, praise team, the musicians, everybody. Amen. Tonight for, uh, amen, for being here and for singing and worshiping the Lord, obeying God tonight. Thank you so much. Amen. We couldn't do it without you guys. We couldn't do it without you guys being here worshiping and, uh, amen, clapping your hands either. And so thank you for being here. Thank you for those that are watching as well. But uh, I'm going to get right into it tonight. And uh, if you have your Bibles, I want you to turn to the book of 2 Samuel, chapter number 15. 2 Samuel, chapter number 15. Amen. I don't have to tell you. Amen. But uh, if you live long enough, you're going to go through some stuff. Amen. Just look at this year. Think, think back for just a minute about all the things that have happened in 2020 so far. Uh, we've gone through a presidential impeachment. Uh, we've had COVID-19 that's been ravaging uh, everything. We've got uh, uh, the riots and all the things that are going on right now as well, the civil unrest and all the things that are happening in our world. Uh, in that regard, we've had murder hornets. Anybody, you heard of these things, murder hornets? Yes. Amen. They sound horrible. I don't, I don't know. That. There's nothing good about a murder hornet, I'm guessing. Amen. They've had locusts in India. Y'all seen that? Amen. There's... Uh, maybe other places as well. I mean, we could just keep going on and on and on about the things that are happening. Uh, if that don't wake us up, amen, and help us realize, my goodness, Jesus is coming soon. I don't know. I don't know. Well, I can't preach it to you, and Brother Bubba can't either. We can't get it over to him, can we, Brother Bubba? Amen. That, amen. There's stuff happening all over the place. They just shot a rocket up, amen, sent two people up into, amen, to outer space, amen, from Florida again. I mean, all kinds of things are happening, amen, and then. And, uh, oh, I heard another one today. Somebody said it was an asteroid coming by the earth sometime today or something. Oh. By the way, it ain't going to hit us, but it's coming by close. Amen. One of those days, one of the asteroids might hit this planet. Amen. One of the meteorites, something, amen, that describes what's in the book of Revelation there. But uh, I don't plan on being here, brother, but I'm going, amen, to be with the Lord in heaven. Amen. Second Samuel chapter number 15. I'm going to start off, I'm just going to read one verse, verse number 23. But we're going to kind of come back and, and, and look at several parts of this chapter. I'm not sure how much we'll get to tonight. But uh, 2 Samuel chapter number 15, and I want to focus in on, on verse number 23, 15, 23. And the Word of God says, And all the country wept with a loud voice, and all the people passed over. The king also himself passed over the brook Kidron, and all the people passed over. Toward the way of the wilderness. I want to I I focus in on that verse. We're going to come back and talk about this story and, and what's going on here in 2 Samuel chapter 15 and the chapters kind of preceding and afterwards here. Uh, but I want to focus in on this word Kidron for just a minute. If you understand uh, the word Kidron, it says here the brook Kidron, but uh, it's also known as the Valley of Kidron. The Valley of Kidron is, is right outside Jerusalem. Really, just a, it's, a, it's a barrier, it's a valley really between uh, the city of Jerusalem uh, and the Mount of Olives. So if you were going to go from Jerusalem into the Mount of Olives, uh, you would pass through the Kidron Valley. And so the Kidron Valley, is, and some would tell us, uh, different periods of time in history. Perhaps this valley uh, is called a brook here, but it may not have held water all the time. It may have had water during certain times of the year when the floods came and that, those kind of things happened. But uh, uh, there may have been times where this valley was actually uh, dry and it was just a low place, amen, where you pass through, amen, on the way. And so I got to begin to thinking about this and, and, and the word Kidron literally means darkness. It literally means turbulence and, and, uh, and evil and, and those kind of things. And I began to think about about uh, sometimes as we go through life and we pass through the valley, 
valley. We talk about the valley of the shadow of death. And we talk about uh, as we go through the valley, usually that's a low place in our life. That's a place where, uh, where, where, we're, where we're going through darkness and we're going through uh, depression. We're going through different things in our lives that may be uh, coming against us. So I'm beginning to think about uh, the significance of what this means as is, is this, is this is happening in David's life at a very significant time in his life. David uh, has a son by, uh, by the name of Absalom. And, and uh, if you know the story, you have to go back several chapters, but uh, you know the story. Absalom have, had a brother named Ammon, uh, and also Absalom had a, a sister named Tamar. Uh, and uh, his brother uh, Amnon, uh, he desired Absalom's sister Tamar to the point uh, that uh, he kind of tricked her into doing some things uh, and ended up forcing her uh, to lay with him and those kind of things. And then, he, then he, the Bible says he hated her uh, and he got rid of her. And this was a thing that should not have been done in Israel. Shouldn't, it shouldn't be done at all, period, right? But uh, uh, certainly in Israel, and this was the king's family. And so uh, Absalom hated Amnon, his brother, because of what he did to his sister Tamar. And so when he got the opportune time, Absalom had his brother Amnon killed. And so as this happens... Um, he feels, I guess, in a sense, if you read through, you really get a, an indication really that, uh, that, 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 that David really did anything other than grieve for his son that was killed at this time. Uh, but Absalom decided that his best thing for him to do was get out of Dodge, get out of town, uh, away from his father. He's afraid perhaps his father would punish him, kill him, have him put to death, whatever the case was, because of what he had done. And so uh, he is separated, he's isolated from his father, uh, David, there for many, many years. And, and uh, there's some things that begin to take place as some years transpire there. Uh, a man by the name of Joab, that's one of the, uh, the advisors there for, for David, begins to uh, hatch a plan to bring Absalom back because he realizes his father David misses his son, right? The Bible says at this point, David's already grieved. He's kind of over the grief process of his, his son Amnon that was killed. And he, he loves his son Absalom. He does. And, and, and Joab knows this, and, and, and he, he knows that David secretly, at least, wants his, his, uh, his son Absalom back. And so he hatches a plan for Absalom to come back, and, and he does. After a period of time, Absalom comes back there to Jerusalem. But uh, uh, there's still a separation between him and his father at this time because, um, because of what's happened. And so even though he's come in, he's not really around his father. He's not spending time with his father, those kind of things. But uh, there comes a period of time as... As he's there, and this goes on for years, in fact, and uh, if you read through it, uh, there comes a time where uh, it finally comes down to it that one day Absalom comes and he stands before his father. His father kisses him. They have a moment there. And as soon as that happens, we get into chapter number 15. And I want to read through some of this tonight. I may not read all of it, but... Uh, I can, I can, I can read. The Bible's going to speak better for itself than what I can say tonight. So I want to read through some of this scripture. Y'all just bear with me. I don't normally read this much uh, scripture, but I don't think there's anything wrong with reading the Bible uh, together. So, chapter number 15, I'm going to pick back up at verse number one. It said, It came to pass after this, what we just talked about, that Absalom prepared him chariots and horses and 50 men to run before him. And Absalom rose up early and stood beside the way of the gate, and it was so that when any man had a controversy, came to the king for judgment. Then Absalom called unto him and said, Of what city art thou? And he said, Thy servant is of one of the tribes of Israel. And Absalom said unto him, See, thy matters are good and right, but there is no man deputed of the king to hear thee. Absalom said, Moreover, O that I were made judge in the land that every man which had any suit or, might, uh, or cause might come unto me, and I would do him justice. And it was, it was so that when any man came nigh to him to do him obeisance, uh, he put forth his hand and took him and kissed him. And on this manner did Absalom to all Israel that came to the king for judgment. So Absalom stole the hearts of the men of Israel. And it came to pass after 40 years that Absalom said unto the king, I pray thee, let me go and pay my vow, which I have vowed unto the Lord in Hebron. Let's stop there just for a second. So you see what's beginning to happen here. There's, a, there's been a separation between Absalom and his father, David. And David loves his son Absalom. And I'm sure, uh, in, in a sense, Absalom loved his father, David. But there was some, uh, some things going on in Absalom's life. And now it's beginning to become evident what's going to take place. And so what's happening is Absalom is stealing the hearts of the, uh, of the people in Israel away from his father, David. And he's getting them to himself. 
He's beginning to, to get a group of people that's beginning to grow and grow. Day by day, you know, he's beginning to uh, get a, a larger following. And so uh, as he does this, he is, he's really raising up a, an insurrection against his father. He wants to take over the throne of his father, David, and he's going to hatch this plan. Let's keep reading. Verse number 8. For thy servant vowed a vow while I abode in Geshur in Syria, saying, If the Lord shall bring me again indeed unto Jerusalem, then I will serve the Lord. And the king said unto him, Go in peace. So he arose and went to Hebron. But Absalom sent spies throughout all the tribes of Israel, saying, As soon as you hear the sound of the trumpet, then ye shall say, Absalom reigneth in Hebron. So you see what is happening here, right? He is... He has now got this group of people together. He has brought them out. He's going to sound the trumpet. And when he does that, he's saying, I am now king of Israel. Right? I'm taking over the throne of my father David. That's what he's doing. It says that, uh, verse 11, And when Absalom went 200 men out of Jerusalem that were called, and they went in their simplicity, and they knew not anything. But Absalom sent for uh, Ahithophel, the Gilonite, David's counselor, from his city, even from Gilo, while he offered sacrifices. And the conspiracy was strong, for the people increased continually with Absalom. Verse 13, And there came a messenger to David, saying, The hearts of the men of Israel are after Absalom. And David said unto all of his servants that were with him at Jerusalem, Arise and let us flee, for we shall not escape from Absalom. Make speed to depart, lest he overtake us suddenly and bring evil upon us and smite the city with the edge of the sword. So now you see why David is fleeing Jerusalem. His son that he loves, the one he's been estranged from for so many years, and he's finally come back and, and, and perhaps maybe they can begin to build a relationship and those kind of things. But uh, now Absalom is, is rising up against his father and he's actually... Uh, trying to take over the throne, trying to take over the kingship, David recognizes this and says, hey, if I stay in Jerusalem, chances are, I mean, these folks that are following Absalom are going to kill me. They're going to get rid of me uh, so that Absalom can take over the throne. And so he realizes I've got to get out of, uh, out of Jerusalem. I've got to flee out of the city. And he begins to leave. But there's a group of people that leave with uh, David and me to go out with him. And so let's pick back up at verse 15. And the king's servant said unto the king, Behold, thy servants are ready to do whatsoever my my lord the king shall appoint. And the king went forth and all the household after him, and the king left ten women which were concubines to keep the house. And the king went forth and all the people after him and tarried in a place that was far off. And all his servants passed on beside him, and all the Cherethites and all the Pelethites and all the Gittites, six hundred men which came after him from Gath, passed on before the king. Then said the king to Ittai, the Gittite, Wherefore goest thou also with us? Return thou to thy place, and abide with the king, for thou art a stranger and also an exile. Whereas thou camest but yesterday, should I this day make thee go up and down with us, seeing I go whether I may? Return thou, and take back thy brethren. Mercy and truth be with thee. And Ittai answered the king and said, As the Lord liveth, and as my lord the king liveth, Surely in what place my Lord the King shall be, whether in death or life, even there also will thy servant be. And David said unto, or said to Ittai, Go and pass over. And Ittai the Gittite passed over, and all his men, and all the little ones that were with him. I want to talk about this subject tonight, crossing the Kidron. So as we begin to think about this, imagine the, the place where David is in his heart at this time. His son, the son that he loves, has deceived him, has betrayed him. And now he is running for his life. Do you know how many times David ran for his, for his life? I mean, he had to run from Saul, I don't know how many times, Saul trying to kill him and, uh, and all the things he did. A lot of the Psalms, if you go read the Psalms, it, it talk, David talks about uh, you know, being at the point of death and having to flee and, ha and, and being in fear for his life and all these things. And, and here he is again having to leave. And he, as he walks out of Jerusalem, I mean, he has to pass through the Kidron Valley. I mean, and if you keep on reading, we don't have time to get all through the chapters tonight. I wish we did, but uh, continue reading this week and studying the, uh, the, the next several chapters out and you'll get the rest of the story. Uh, but later on, David actually passes through the Kidron Valley and he goes up onto the Mount of Olives. And David stands upon the Mount of Olives 
And, and it's going to be a while. It's going to take some time. There's going to be some things that happen. But I'll go ahead and give you the spoiler alert. <laughs> Amen. At the end of this thing, Absalom ends up dying in battle. He is going after the king. In fact, he says this. He says, look, he gets some, he gets some advice from, from his counselors, and they say, look, let's do it this way. He gets some advice from another counselor. He says, no, nah, do it this way. He says, I like that, that advice better. And so basically their, their plan or idea was we're going to go into battle, we're going to go after him, but we're not going to worry about anybody else. We're just going to worry about him, and we're going to take him out. Don't you worry about it. But you see, David, through all the things that David had done in his life, through all the mistakes that David had made in his life, for all the failures that he had, he had made, there was something special about David. He was anointed by God. He was a man after God's own heart. There, there was an anointing upon David's life that he couldn't escape. And, and God has said, you are king of Israel. And God has said, this is not the time for somebody else to take over as king of Israel. And so God had already decided, I mean, David is going to remain king over Israel. And that's exactly what happened. Absalom, his son, uh, the Bible says as he's riding uh, on a horse or donkey there, uh, there's a limb in the tree, an oak tree, I believe it is. It catches him and it basically hangs him, it says, between heaven and earth. Uh, and then some of Joab and his men come and they, and they kill him. Uh, there in that place. And so it's, it's obviously a, a moment for David that's kind of bittersweet, right? Because this is his son. He loves him. Remember the story? He said, like, Absalom, my son Absalom, oh, my son Absalom. He just cries. And he, he can't get over this loss of his son. But I begin to think about what David did is, and, and, and what he went through, this moment of betrayal and this moment of darkness and this moment of turbulence and this moment uh, that, that, that uh, he, as he's going through and it's kind of pictured and symbolized by this word Kidron and the Kidron Valley, this darkness, this turbulence, this, this moment of betrayal of his own son as he passes through out of Jerusalem, through the valley and up to the Mount of Olives. And it's, it's such a picture and I, I, I'm not going to explain it well, I know, uh, but it's such a picture of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. And I want you to see this. So if you, if you still have your Bibles, turn to John chapter number 18. I'm going I'm to say this and then I'm going to get to the point. John, the Gospel of John, chapter number 18. Somebody explain a little bit of something. Between the, the Old Testament and Hebrew and the New Testament and Greek, when they translate it into English, sometimes the, the letters don't turn out the same. K's become C's. Different letters become other different letters, okay? And, and you're going to see that here. But I want you to get the picture of what takes place. John chapter number 18, we're going to read 1 through 3. When Jesus had spoken these words, he went forth with his disciples over the brook Kidron. It's the same word. Where it was a garden into which he entered and his disciples. And Judas also, which betrayed him, knew the place. For Jesus oftentimes resorted thither with his disciples. Judas then, having received a band of men and officers from the chief priests and Pharisees, cometh thither with lanterns, torches, and weapons. See, Jesus had to pass through his own Kidron Valley. He had to pass through a moment of betrayal. He had to pass through a moment of darkness. He had to pass through a moment of turbulence. He had to pass through a moment that he knew was coming because he was the Son of God. But it pictures so well in what, what David went through and what he faced and, and this, this idea of, of coming out, of going through the valley, but then of coming up to the Mount of Olives. You know what takes place as he passes through the valley is as he's there, it says in the garden, I guess which would be at the base of the Mount of Olives. I'm not sure, somewhere there toward the base would be the Garden of Gethsemane. And Jesus would go in and begin to pray. Amen. He would be arrested. He'd be falsely accused. He'd be crucified on a cross, the ultimate betrayal. The Son of God, who did nothing but love us and care for us, died on an old rugged cross. You see, Jesus himself had to go through one of these Kidron moments. He faced it. He faced something similar at the, at the beginning of his ministry. Remember, as he's baptized in the river Jordan, he comes up, the Holy Spirit descends on him like a dove. The Father says, this is my beloved Son in whom I'm well pleased. And the Bible says, immediately the Spirit led Jesus out into the wilderness to be tempted 40 days, 40 nights. Right. It was a wilderness moment. Mm -hmm. 
It was a trial moment. It was a testing moment. You see, if you, under, if you really read that story and understand it, the devil didn't come to Jesus to deceive him on day number one. He didn't come on day number two. He didn't come on day number 12. He didn't come on day number 20. The devil came on day number 40. When Jesus was at his lowest point, when he was at his darkest moment, when he was at the hungriest point of his life, right? after 40 days in the wilderness, then Satan came and began to tempt him and began to try him and began to test him. Sometime, but here's the point I kind of want to get across with that. If, if, go all the way back to the beginning. The Bible says not that Satan led Jesus into the wilderness. That wouldn't have made sense anyway, right? Nope. It said the Spirit led Spirit. Jesus into the wilderness to be tempted of the devil. Right. Forty days and forty nights. Right. Sometimes, though I can't explain to you why, sometimes God might let us go through our own wilderness moment. Sometimes God might let the Spirit lead us to a Kidron moment. You see, the, the point I want to get across to us tonight is this. It doesn't matter what you're going through or what you're facing. It doesn't matter what trouble comes your way. It doesn't matter whether it's physical. It doesn't matter whether it's spiritual. It doesn't matter whether it's financial. It doesn't matter if it's emotional. It doesn't matter what it is. God sometimes leads us through a Kidron moment. See, we got to get through sometimes the valley to get back to the mountain. I mean, did you see what they did? He left Jerusalem. He went through the valley, amen, to rise up again on the Mount of Olives, amen. It's not always going to be a mountaintop experience, amen. Sometimes uh, it takes a mountain. I agree with that, amen. But sometimes uh, God uses a valley, amen, to get us, uh, amen, through, amen. And I want to I get this point across to you tonight. I don't want to miss, uh, amen, the moment, to, amen, to tell you, amen, what I want to say tonight on my heart is this, uh, amen, God is not leading you. You, uh, into a valley uh, to leave you there. He's not. He's not led you to that valley to leave you there. Amen. He's bringing you through the valley. Amen. You're not staying in the valley. Uh, amen. You're crossing through, uh, amen, the valley. You're crossing and passing through the valley. Amen. You're going, amen, somewhere else. Uh, God is leading, uh, amen, in a direction. And if you'll just continue to follow him. Amen. You're going to cross through, amen, that valley, amen, that Jesus might be leading, that God might be leading you through, amen, in your life. But amen, I want you to understand this, and I want to, I want to get this across because, amen, I think this is important to tie these two stories together. Amen. We have to admit that this kid-drawn valley moment is a betrayal. It's a betrayal. In both cases, David is betrayed by his son, Absalom. Jesus is betrayed by one of his own 12 disciples, one of the inner, inner circle. Right. And sometimes we don't understand why, but the people that are closest to us and the people that we love the most sometimes can cause us the most pain. The relationships that we hold the dearest sometimes hurt the worst when they're broken, when they're not where they need to be. And sometimes, I mean, sometimes we feel like maybe we're going through that Kidron moment. Maybe it's a, a betrayal. Maybe it's a, maybe it's a spouse. Maybe it's a child. Maybe it's a coworker. Maybe it, who knows what it is. But it, those moments in your life, I mean, you don't forget them. You don't. Sometimes we feel... As Christians, we don't want to admit it, but sometimes as Christians, we feel betrayed by God Himself. God, why me? We feel like, though we, won't, we would never admit it, right. we feel like, well, God, God, you know, why, why, why did this happen to me? Why am I going through this? Why am I facing this? And it can seem like a betrayal moment. It can seem like a place of darkness and a place of despair and a place of turbulence and a place where maybe there's no escape from. 
I tell you all this a lot of times, I'm a little bit of a nerd, but I mean, one of the first things that I did when I, when I went to college and I showed up the first day on the University of South Alabama campus and it was a lot different than it is today. But, and I went there, at some point I went to the library. You know, I'm studying English 101 and you know, physics, whatever, whatever, and whatever this stuff was, right? But I had this bright idea that I was going to go to the, to the library and I was going to check out one of the most, you know, complicated books that I could think of and find. Right. And so I went and found a book that was about that thick, like a dictionary, on black holes. I don't even know if those things really exist. Not, they don't even know either. I don't know. You know but they, they had this whole book on it. It's got equations and all these things. I couldn't understand half of it. Right. But I thought I was having this bright idea I was going to read this thing. Right. And I still don't understand anything about them. I didn't learn anything by reading that book. <laughs> and I wasn't smart enough. But they tell me, they say, theoretically, these black holes are so powerful, that gravity is so powerful in these things that not even light can escape it. That's why they call it a black hole. Nothing can escape it. Sometimes, if we're not careful, we can feel like, amen, the, the despair and the darkness and the things that we are in are so powerful that we don't have the power to escape it. But I'm here to tell us tonight, amen, you might be in a Kidron moment. You might be crossing the Kidron right now. You might be going through a valley. You might be facing a trial that you never faced before. You may be facing something right now that seems and feels like it's just too much. It's too powerful. It's too strong. You don't have the power to resist it. You don't have the power to pull away from it. It's, it has pulled you in. I want to share this with you tonight. Amen. David, though he was betrayed and though he had to go through a place of darkness and he went through the valley of Kidron, he came back to the Mount of Olives. Amen. Eventually there was victory. David came back to the throne. Amen. He had a painful moment. He had to lose his son. It wasn't an easy thing to do. Amen. But God brought him through everything that he had to face and everything that he went through. Amen. God didn't leave him there in the valley. God did not forsake him, though he, he might have cried out many times in the Psalms, Lord, where art thou? God, why hast thou forsaken me? God, where are you? David knew down in his heart. And God revealed to him at times in his life and said, I have never left you and I have never forsaken you and I never will. And God is telling you tonight and he's telling me tonight, even though you might be going through a Kidron Valley and been through a dark place in your life, he's still right there with you and he'll never leave you. He'll never leave you. If Jesus himself, the Son of God, had to face a Kidron Valley moment, place of betrayal, place of darkness, place of turbulence in his life. Why do I feel like I'm better than he is? Why should, I, why should I look at God and say, it's not fair for me to have to go through that? What gives me the right to say that? Nothing does. When we lose sight of what Christ Jesus has done for us, he became sin who knew no sin. Amen. He was tempted in all points like as we are, yet without sin. He went through everything for us. So that you and I could have life and have it more abundantly. And it's... it's let me... I'm going to say this, amen, with love, if you're in a Kidron Valley moment right now, and you feel like it's got you pulled in, and you feel like there's no way out, and you're starting to feel, I'm not saying you're there yet, 
but you're starting to feel hopeless. Fear is creeping in. Despair is taking over. It just all seems too much. I want to share with you tonight that I know for a fact Amen. That even though you might be in the Kidron Valley moment right now, even though weeping may endure for the night, joy cometh in the morning. I'm here to tell somebody tonight, the sun is coming up tomorrow. The sun is coming up in the morning. Amen. And he's going to wipe away every tear from your eyes. Amen. He might, you might be going through a valley right now. You might be going through a test. You might be going through a trial. You might be going through a place in your life. Amen. That it seems hard. It seems like, amen, it's hard to get up every day. It's hard, it's hard to push forward. It's hard to do anything, amen, and, and, and feel the joy and feel the peace and feel the love of God, amen, like you want to feel it in your life. I'm here to tell you tonight, amen, tonight might be the moment, uh, amen, that Jesus says, uh, amen, it's your moment, uh, amen, to pass on through uh, and pass on over, amen, the Kidron Valley. Uh, there's a mountaintop experience. It's, uh, it's waiting on the other side. Amen. If we'll just be faithful and trust Him. And here's the key, and this is the last point, and I'm going to stop. We read at the end of that in, in chapter number 15, the last section is we went back and read, leading up to back to verse 23. There was a man by the name of Ittai, the Gittite. There was something about this. You see, the, the Kidron Valley moment, this, this passing through the Kidron Valley was a betrayal moment. So the story's about betrayal, but it's also about loyalty. There was one man, there were more, but there was one man that was picked out by God to have his name put in the Word of God. Ittai the Gittite. <laughs> Amen. That God had something planned and purpose for that man's life. For us tonight to read the Word of God and get some encouragement and strength out of this message that God is sharing with us. And so this man, Ittai the Gittite, the Bible says, I'm going to go back and read these, these couple verses uh, so we get the story again in our minds. Verse 19, let's pick back up there. 15, 19. Then said the king to Ittai the Gittite, Wherefore goest thou also with us? Why are you going with us? Why are you leaving the city? Why aren't you staying behind with King Absalom? He says, return to your place. Go back home. Just stay with the king. Abide with the king. Because you're, you're a stranger. You're a Gittite. You're an exile. You're not, one of, you're, you're not an Israelite. You, you don't have to be here. You don't have to follow me. Do you know? David said, I don't know what I'm going out to. This may be the end of my life. He says, verse 20, Whereas thou camest but yesterday. This man was new... <laughs> Amen. In, in Jerusalem, he was, he was brand new in town. He said, you came just yesterday. Should I this day make you go up and down with us? Seeing that I go where I may return thou? He's basically saying, David's saying there, I don't know if I'm going to return. I don't know where I'm going. He said, return and take back your brethren and let mercy and truth be with you. But Ittai the Gittite answered the king and said, as the Lord lives. And as my Lord the King lives, surely in what place my Lord the King shall be, whether in death or life, even there also will thy servant be. That's loyalty. This man barely knew David. David barely knew this man. It would have been safe to stay in the city and, and follow Absalom. That's where all the momentum was going. <laughs> David said, I don't know where I'm going, bro. <laughs> I don't know if I'm going to make it, but I don't know if I'm going to live through this. Why are you following me? But there was some loyalty in Ittai the Gittite's heart. He said, King, I don't care where you go, man. If it's through the valley of the shadow of death... I'm going to be right there with you. If it's up on a mountaintop experience, uh, amen, in life, amen, I'm going to be right there with you. But I am not going to leave your side. The message for us tonight is this. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For 
Thank you for joining us. Please feel free to share comments, prayer requests, or praise reports. Check back soon for additional episodes.